I envisioned an alien species grabbing icebergs, say from the North Pole, and dropping them down on top of us in that lake. But I never envisioned a sheet of ice being blown over our, our diving area. Oh, you got another hanky for me. That there's a hanky there. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. <laughs> hey there. Whoop, you mind if I join you in that there dive today? I would carry a machete before I carry a snorkel. I'll just put that out there. That's where I developed my my North Dakota accent. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has got a bit of uh, uh, some guys from Montana and uh, and North Dakota. Really diving up there, or just from? There? They're diving up there. Okay. Result, Kudos. Results in a fatality. Kudos. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to develop a, and an winter, aura in winter of time, the diving. Right? In winter time. Yeah, right? well. Which is what we're in right now. Well, we're not officially winter. No, but it's eh. it's an icy white out there today. How's eh. the drive over? There are some uh, slick spots because yeah. it's 31 degrees or 30 degrees. Uh, it's supposed to get in 38-ish. Yeah, and water uh, temperatures. Yeah, dropping still. damn cold. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's near freezing. Well, it was this forty. Up, yeah, it's forty a couple days ago. So I'm sure it's hopefully the turn is is going because it is right at that thirty nine degrees. It'll drop down and and bring the warmer stuff up. I guess it's warmer than thirty nine down there, and then that'll cool down. So pretty much it'll all be thirty nine. Yeah, it's, it's and then it'll it's start flipping. cooling worse than that at the top and stay thirty nine down at the bottom. So yes, it looks like. Ice is in our future, people. Yeah, this is the the point. And is uh, and, and, and ice diving can be a lot of fun. It can, it can be awesome. Be very dangerous. You got to be oh, careful. There's especially that that, risk. that in between zone where you have good ice for ice diving and not so good ice for ice diving. But hey, welcome to the Great Dive <laughs> Podcast. Whoa, you're <laughs> you jumping! <laughs> you're stealing, stealing the thunder. <laughs> James, James is like, don't tread on my turf, man. This is my no, lawn. No, no, I go keep for it. it man. Go for I it. keep it all manicured, and I practice this. I, I can imagine Jamesy in the mirror here. No, I'm just w- put no, the headphones can't. on. Welcome to the Great Dive Podcast with your host. You take this. I'm just gonna drop f bombs on. You you make it sound like it's that easy. <laughs> I, I sit at home looking in the mirror going, those motherfuckers. <laughs> and you you sit at home looking in the mirror saying, welcome to the Great Dive Podcast. This is your host, James Mott. Coming at you recorded live. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. Well, as the, as the temperature cools and we come to the end of the year here, 
it's always fun to have that discussion of uh, icy cold water dives. One of the things that we enjoy doing here on the Great Dive Podcast, and you listeners from the feedback that we get always seem to appreciate it, is when we look back at some of these old diving accidents and stories and we relate them from the past to today and we see how thinking has changed and oftentimes how thinking has not Not changed. changed. Diving practices have changed over the decades and oftentimes how diving practices have not changed over the decades. And there's always some clinger, clinger honors, if that's the right word, of people who... The old way was the best way. Arr. Yes. <laughs> they're pirates. They're all pirates that do that, but they're there. But those uh, those lessons learned, or what were supposed to be lessons learned, were they really learned by people? Learned. That, that's, a, that's a question that uh, we, we like to look at a lot because there's so many of those stories out there. That keep happening. It's the and same it, thing. It's, yeah, and yeah. It, it, it's good, fun stuff that, that we tend to talk about a lot, even off the show. Right. I think a lot of divers talk about you know that hearsay of, of problems that occurred and accidents that happened, and we're bringing it to you on the show. Well, the other thing, old Jamesy, is we do, you know, it's just like taking classes. You learn, you learn things, just like we're learning things from these old stories, things I learned about diving from this, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of times we don't incorporate it into our real diving, into our actual diving. We know it. We know there are places that, you know, in your diving routine that you skip or you're in a hurry. You don't maintain your gear. You're not doing your pre-dive checks properly. You're just, you think, oh, it's just a little little blow-off dive dive in the leg. So you maybe do skip the things just like you saw in the story and you say well there's where the problem happened so i'm never going to skip that but you do right exactly and uh, and then let alone when you try to push it beyond your right. normal boundaries of i'm gonna go a little bit bit deeper right uh we're gonna go into a different environment i'm gonna take the little peek inside the yeah. inside mm-hmm. the shipwreck and now you've set the new bar for well i did it before and i did I never did my pre-dive check and i never did the gas checks and I never had my gear serviced and I didn't stay close to my partner. Or yeah. All those I things. Never, right. I never got lost. Now I don't I have never to got do lost it. before. Right. It's right. a new bar now. Correct. It's, yeah. But when you're just out in, you know, the training quarry, it's impossible to get lost. Right. Even if you do, you just, yes. you're at the surface and you have a long swim right. and, and you, you do mm-hmm. the old, I meant to do that. I right. want, we wanted to come up over here and walk all the way around the quarry back <laughs> to the car, right? It's good for my legs. <laughs> I haven't seen this part of the, the quarry at the surface. But you, 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 you go down to Florida and you're playing around in the cavern zone of a, of a spring. Mm-hmm. And you venture in too far and you get lost. That's a different game. It's Monopoly. Versus Scrabble, <laughs> <laughs> right? But things like that, yeah. Get uh, you know, take somebody who is in in one way, you know, a reasonably decent diver, but they get out of their comfort zone, sure, comfort zone, or even their 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 ability of education and, and awareness. Well, yeah, yeah. Takes well, we it to say a new level. we say this all the time. It, you know, if diving down south in the Caribbean or Florida is not diving up here, and vice versa. Correct, yeah. Uh, go down and get used to things. You know, th- there are unique 
hazards to each environment. And it, and it and it doesn't mean that it's impossible for you to be able to do, but you, you have kind to, of you have to have respect for that different environment. Sure, you do. Absolutely, every environment you should. Yeah, respect respect your environment, yo. Well, because you'll get a lot of people that on the flip side of what you're saying, yeah, right, that are Michigan Midwest quar- yeah. quarry darker. Colder. Not as good visibility divers that would go to some place like beautiful Caribbean destination mm-hmm. where they're in 200 feet of visibility. And 80 and degree just, water. Yeah, and they just make the assumption, well, that's just so easy. And they go with that old mentality and they they don't even realize they, they're in 140 feet of water yeah. in, in a split second because things are so warm. They don't, didn't go through a thermal climb. They can still see the... The bottom of the boat, you know, 150 feet underwater. Well, they're dismissing the main hazard of diving, which is the water. Yes. Right? Versus up here, we have the added extra bonus of, you know, hypothermia, uh, losing where you're at because it's dark. You need need lights a lot of times. Yeah, you need to be smarter with navigation because you're just out in real open water, not on a wall that you can Mm -hmm. always... Use for natural navigation. Easy to stir up versus a sandy bottom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, So there are are those things, no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. So it works both ways, having that respect Mm -hmm. for the environment. Well, this is a story of... You forgot about sharks. A couple of divers who were doing a dive in the wintertime and had a little issue with some ice. Unexpected ice. We're doing another ice story. Nice. Nice ice. Nice ice, mate. Oh, that's a noise, noise. Yeah. Well, it is the season. Good, good, good on you, mate. I try, mate. I don't know why Australia is, is making you know it. All that ice have in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, from early '90s. Skin diver, January 1992. What were you doing in January of 1992? No, January of 1992. What was I doing in January of 1992? Christ, I was in high school. I was single. I was playing the field, baby. I <laughs> oh, look back yeah. and I was like, oh, oh, I was. Those were Brando's. Those were my heydays. <laughs> I was on the volleyball team at the hospital. Oh, Forget about it. Wait, the uh, now this was big in, in those days. Was volleyball? Were you on the volleyball I team? Pl- I have played you, volleyball. No, we were. Ball, it was like a, a court summer volleyball or, no, or a volleyball. beach, beach we, volleyball. Sand, in, Sandy beach volleyball or well, we had like a, a volleyball court, court on our. They had built for the employees. Uh, so we had, you know, the ER had a volleyball team. Okay. And I was on the volleyball team. It's nice. I don't see you as a spiker. I was. Were you? I could leave. You, you I some, can get air, man. You, got, you can get air? I was skinny, too. You got to remember, I was, you know. You're lean and mean days. I was very lean and mean. I was a little wire, wiry, scrappy. Not a. I was not like I am now. I was not 200 pounds of pure anger <laughs> i was happy i had a full head of hair nice teeth i was a good catch and i was caught <laughs> several times anyway i uh yeah it was a different time one of my few civilian years in the past so this event occurs actually in 1989 february 11th 1989 seven divers prepared to enter the water it was 11.30 a.m. The air temperature was 25 degrees Fahrenheit, and the water was a cold 32 degrees Fahrenheit. 
So they were swimming in ice. Probably more like 33. I was going to say, I would. I know what your computer or your gauges or what whatever thermometer you're using, inaccurate. But if it's 32 and it's fresh water, well, it's it probably... Could be 32, it could be 32 and, and moving water. Very true. I didn't, I didn't think of that, but if you're... Yeah, good point, good point. The dive was to be in the after bay area of the Fort Peck Dam, the largest earth-filled dam in the world. The dam is northeast Montana, near the town of Glasgow. Glasgow, North Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoa. Glasgow, uh, Montana, northeast Montana, near the town of Glasgow. So Sean Connery, he's Scottish. Scottish. He's Scottish. Glasgow. But, he, but he's shaking, not stud. He's he's got the really cool Scottish, like confused for British accent, right? Versus this Glasgow Versus, accent, uh, which Scottish. is there up there, a yeah, Glasgow shaking there, not stirred, <laughs> not stirred there, a Miss Money Penny. <laughs> I don't know. Yep. Yep, yep, yeah, there. Oh, me, Miss Money Penny. Yeah, Miss Money Penny. That there's a martini shaking. This building was part of the New Deal, old FDR's New Deal days, designed to put people back to work after the Great Depression of the 1930s. As winter sets in and ice covers lakes and ponds, divers usually have to be satisfied to dream of the past and plan for the future. But in Glasgow, members of the dive club not only have the opportunity to get wet, but they also have a photographer's paradise. <gasps> Are you serious? Yeah. The discharge from the powerhouses does not freeze until the water slows down, downriver. Thus, we have an almost ice-free diving area. There are several deep holes that provide a resting area out of the current for divers and fish. Cool. Yeah, nice little area, right? Visibility probably gets much better. Uh, there's that little little patch of uh, clear water that they can still get in the water and go diving. Sounds like something a lot of people around here would definitely make use of, use of for keeping active and keeping getting those last couple of dives in throughout the year for sure. Sure, the local hardies. Not those warm water <laughs> traveling pansies <laughs> taking off for Cozumel yeah. once it starts getting cold. My feet are cold. Go ahead, take your little trip to Bonaire. I'm going to Glasgow, Montana. (laughs) Pallid and shovel-nosed sturgeon congregate in these holes. Ancient paddlefish cruise the area and check out the strange intruders with tanks on their backs. These fish are very tame and sometimes reach weights of more than 100 pounds. Now, who has the tanks on their backs? The paddlefish. The paddlefish sounded at first when he read it. I'm like, the paddlefish check out the strange intruders with tanks on their backs and All a mask. <laughs> These paddlefish just finished their open water. They're headed to advanced class in three weeks. Got to get a little experience, you experience under them before you belts. do that. Yes. Also seen and photographed are gar, suckers, channel cats, buffalo fish, sauger, ling, and carp. Visibility can reach 50 feet, but it's usually about 20 feet. Not bad. No, no. So, uh, it's a, I for, mean, uh, for an inland lake. For an inland lake, it's really nice, yeah. I mean, uh, 20 feet of viz is 
very pleasant in, yeah. in local inland lake diving. And a smorgasbord of wildlife. Tons of stuff to see. Yeah. So this sounds like a fun dive. It's an incredible dive. Fuck Bonaire. I'm going to Glasgow. It's a photographer's paradise. I'm, I'm going down and buying tickets today. I need <laughs> two tickets two tickets for to TGDP to Glasgow. <laughs> Scotland? No, no. Mon- Mon- <laughs> no Montana, eh? Do you not listen to TGDP? <laughs> well, on that day in February, seven seasoned cold water divers stood on the bank planning their dive. They were in three. Hey, Dare. We're going to go down underwater there, eh? Oh, pardon me. Oh, pardon me, eh? Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, get, let me get my tanky. <laughs> that dare tank looks heavy there, eh? I would do a takeoff hosers, but we don't want to confuse. No, no, no. No. No, no, don't do that. Oh, for, hosers are. Oh, for, for Pete's sakes, that's a, that's a mighty fine uh, tank you got there, uh, Ryan. That dare tank, eh? Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. So they're in three groups. Splitting up the dive. Two groups of two, one group of three. So making sense. Yeah. What, what, what a group of seven should be doing, splitting up into small groups. A group of four so that... and a group of one and a group of two. <laughs> and three groups of one. <laughs> group of five and three groups of, no, one, one half and another half. Now, would Siamese twins count as one diver or two? Uh, they're, they're a group. If they each had tanks. I tell you what. They got to have two heads. So never... you got to have two... What you need want re- you're, you're never you're gonna, twins. You're never going to hear them come up saying, I lost my buddy. <laughs> I lost my partner. <laughs> they did. It's going to be ugly. Question. <laughs> <laughs> Our Siamese diver twins, their own dive team. We have a rescue team of si- Siamese twin divers. We have three sets. They're the most efficient the question rec- is, rescue team in the world. Do they each need tanks? Well, yeah. Well, they need their own regs and whatnot, but... I'd be like, how many lungs do they have? Is my question. That's what really three. I mean, four, if we're gonna get serious about yes, this, that's and we what, are serious. That's what really determines. Yes. What if you had Siamese twins? <laughs> <laughs> they had like an extra leg, like a small leg in the middle. What if you let me get back to this story? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'll, I'll research myself. Let me get on Google. Google. What if? <laughs> We were to wade out into the water and take a 65-degree compass course. That'll melt the ice. It would take about four minutes to reach the 40-foot deep hole. While in the deep hole, a 0 to 30-degree compass heading was advised. When we reached the edge of the hole, we would rise up to about 15, 20 feet. Then we would take a 90-degree course down the river to the place where we had parked our vehicles. Okay, so they've set this dive up so they can get out and have a a vehicle to get back. So these guys... Are kind of planning, planning it, right? So they're thinking through. They know they have to be aware of their navigation. Mm-hmm. They they know the the depth and the time into the dive where yeah. they're going to be. So it's a pretty well thought out dive plan for sure. It's some yeah, it's at least thought out. Everyone noticed and remarked on the ice covering the north side of the river and the backwater. We made a gear check, then we're on our way. The dive would take approximately thirty minutes and cover three fourths of a mile. Most of us. We're in dry suits. My buddy Pat, a Montana fisheries biologist, and myself were the first to go. The second team consisted of two sport divers. And the third team was made up of three deputy sheriffs, two from North Dakota, one from Montana. Nice. The dive progressed in a normal fashion. We encountered several sturgeon, a few sauger and paddlefish. Each group had a camera. The group of deputies also had a camcorder. 
Wow. For 1992. Yeah, yeah. No, this wasn't like go fetch a GoPro time. I was going to say, that's what you would call a GoPro today. Yeah. For all you kids out there. But you got to remember that to have a camera underwater then was several thousand dollars. It wasn't 350 bucks or 500 bucks. And it was like swimming with a lawnmower. Yeah, it was big. You know, in size. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they were a beast. We passed and repassed each other. Soon, Pat and I kicked out of the hole and into the river current. We were the first in and would be the first out. As we climbed out onto the ice-covered bank, I looked at my bottom timer. 30 minutes, just as I planned. The others would soon be surfacing and swimming ashore. The ledge of ice that skirted the North Shore and Backwater Cove had always been a threat this time of year. I gave it a brief thought, but not to worry, for we had all been on this run before. Telltale bubbles coming down the river soon grew heads. Pat and I counted the heads. Team two was accounted for, but team three surfaced one short. As the masks came off, we realized that Tim, the deputy from North Dakota, was missing. Some call him Tim. <laughs> Almighty and wise Tim. Well, he wouldn't be the wise one here. Well, knowing that you have... A- it sounds to me like they're worried about a ledge of ice breaking off and covering up their exit point. Is that well? Certainly, a, a ledge of ice breaking off and floating down river, where right. you, you could come up underneath the ice. Right, no doubt about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's where they. I mean, they were exiting down down the river, right? No. That's yes. What I, yeah. Yep. That's what yep. I was yep. So there's, yeah. there's yeah. So I, I would worry that the ice moving down would, the river. And somehow get lodged up at your exit point. And we have that this issue in the uh, a real popular diving area in mm-hmm. around us is the St. Clair River, oh, yeah, or yeah, down yeah. in the Detroit River, mm-hmm. where those big chunks of ice flows are just drifting down, and you'll you'll have periods of time where you go from open water to overhead. Yeah, well, yeah, and then you can also get like that. What is it? Brackish ice, if I'm not mistaken. That's kind of a slushy, but can be very thick and still can be hard to get through. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about so it. That can float right down over. Something your head. you certainly have to be aware of mm-hmm. if you're diving in, in this type of an environment in these times of year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, there was no time to waste. Our training and dive rescue school provided us with the knowledge to act. We all ran down the ice pack with a bar, a sledge, and a chainsaw. We looked for a bubble a hint of color, or a noise. Tim's air supply was now low or probably gone. Still, we might be able to save him. Cold water near drowning victims had been resuscitated after more than an hour. We did find a large air bubble, made a triangle hole, and prepared to go in. So these guys are all seasoned ice divers, it sounds like, and they realize, oh shit, we're missing a guy. Right. We're going to have to cut a and hole and go tool, in with yeah, they normal. They got the tools, yeah, yeah. So we're going to cut a, uh, like a rescue hole, mm-hmm. which is something that you would have to think of and you talk about when you're doing an ice dive training right. of having your main hole and having that a secondary search hole. Or, if, yeah, if or a secondary or the, exit hole. Yeah, yeah. We had rope, harness, and extra tanks ready. I was cold but insisted upon being the first back in the water. I was able to search 100 feet in a circle from the triangular hole in the ice. Right. Now they have a current, though, right? So he could be really carried. Correct. So now they're at a point where they're they're drifting down. Exactly. But they they saw the air bubble. Hey, let's try to get over there. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, this is a pretty solid spot if you're going to go try to make a search. Mm -hmm. Like my my line of thinking is kind of, I wouldn't be arguing this point. Oh, no. You you haven't got the time, number one. Exactly. 
Yeah. Like he said, there's no time to waste. We got to go in and, and assume the worst right now. He's in the cave of Kyle Banner. I was. Tim. <sighs> He's a wizard. Soon. <laughs> okay. Soon I found a fin print in the mud. A fin print? A fin print. Okay. In the mud. Stark realization. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Keep your fins out of the mud, man. <laughs> Why are you mucking it up? <laughs> Typical. Soon, stark realization struck me. The fin mark was a unique pattern, and I knew the owner split was fins. above me on the ice. It was split <laughs> it was, fins, wasn't it? It was a split <laughs> fin pattern. And you know Son there's only bitch. one idiot diving split fins. It's Anders. Anders. Is, Anders, Anders from North and Dakota. Fucking up dare. Up on the surface, eh? Them dare split fins and the snorkel. Of yours. I knew it was you down here. You brought the snorkel for the ice diving dare, Anders. Nice move. Oops, I was trying to take a picture of the paddlefish, and he kept us swimming. Now we'll never find Tim. The bubble had also come from him. Which means... Anders, son of... Which means old Tim's still lost. Well, yeah. He says, um, we called in more sport divers and support groups. The ice diving continued throughout the day. That night, we called for help from dive teams from Devil's Lake, Williston, Bismarck, and Minot, North Dakota. Other support groups came from all over northeast Montana. The search was stopped only by the dark or when the temperatures went below zero. Eleven torturous days later, the body of the deputy was recovered. 300 yards of pack ice from 4 to 30 inches thick had been searched. So yeah, that ice yeah. develops, breaks off, shoots down river, and just keeps mm -hmm. crashing and collecting. And that, that pack ice can be... Some really, oh. really tough and really dangerous yeah. ice to, to walk on, to dive through. Definitely like to cut. You can't even cut a hole. Well, when you do cut a hole, still the flow is still pushing more ice more, onto yeah. it. So it's going to close up that hole, or, or you're going to be taking that chance with that hole. It's almost like you need longer tethers from the, from the shore. I, you know, I don't know how big of the river this is that they're looking at. Right, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure either. But certainly, when we look at how would you approach this dive is my question. You can't get on that. You can't get on that pack ice, really. Well, we had an issue years ago doing a dive in very early spring, mm. where but the ice was where moving. A big, big lake. Mm -hmm. Not like a Great Lakes no, lake, but a good size lake. But a big yeah. lake. Like if you got on a boat. You know, you put in a boat and you were going to zip across the mm -hmm. other side of the lake. It's a five, ten minute boat ride to the other well, side least, of the lake, yeah. you know. So it's a big, it's not an enormous mm -hmm. lake, but it's a big lake. Is it huge? The whole. <laughs> you, you, big, know. huge, large. I, I would you call it large? I would say huge. Mid-sized. <laughs> I think it's bigger than mid. It's not economy for sure. It's not It's economy. not a pond. It's definitely <laughs> not get, a pond. Let's get this classification right. I'm trying to picture yeah. this lake. Big enough that it's it's got a its own bay that we were diving in. Okay, right now the whole could you float a say <sighs> freighter on it? You you could float it on it. Could it couldn't travel it. far. No, it wouldn't be moving far. But it could move. It could move. Okay, okay. I'm trying to get this dialed in here. <laughs> now the weather had warmed up enough that the whole area that we were going to dive for over. Two, Two hundred yeah. yards, couple hundred you know, a couple feet. of yeah, several football feet. fields mm -hmm. of, of was open was all open water. Right? But the big but but the, the whole big, big part of the lake was still frozen solid. 
Yeah. Right? And it, it never, never even dawned on me, mm-hmm. nor any of us. It dawned on me. Until, Always dawned on me. Yeah. Until we... Uh, until we got out of the water, like you and I, again, in a very similar situation, we're one of the first teams in. Mm-hmm. We got out, and when we got out, we noticed, son of a bitch, that ice is moving. Yeah, the wind's blowing the it. The wind yeah. changed direction. Mm-hmm. It was moving the whole lake into this bay. The lake was trying to kill us. In, in effect, it really <laughs> was. Yeah, yeah. The bitch was trying to kill us. For years, we used her like a tramp, like a whore. (laughs) And now, she's taking her revenge and trying to kill us slowly. Yes. One by one. This bigger than mid-sized lake, but not so large to be a huge lake, was taking a bind of its own and was sending this sheet of ice right at us. Barreling at us at a clip of 3,000 feet of decade i would say <laughs> well it it was probably moving um what would you say 20 20 to 50 feet a, a second 20 feet a minute i had to dodge it right i mean i mean it was it was coming in oh yeah, yeah. to the point where you it was and, moving you and i now the area that we dive there's a bunch of lines and everybody's following the line right. going from boat to boat generally and we know that everybody knows you got to swim northwest. to the northwest mm-hmm. and you're you're always going to get out that's just the, at some the, the point basic, you're going to find the exit. Yeah, like if you don't if you don't know where you're at, you could always mm-hmm. swim northwest, and you're going to hit that shore somewhere. Mm-hmm. You might have, you know, you might have to move feet, a little bit, fifty feet yeah. of walking, mm-hmm. you know, when you get there. So you generally know the way out. But we ended up going back in and running a line in to try to find these guys to tell yeah. them you got to get the get the blank out blank out now. We got to go. You're going to end up like Anders and Tim, <sighs> eh? And when we did finally get them, like they were bumping ice mm-hmm. coming out of the of the water yes very we, yeah. very i mean that was a that was a scary situation that i never in a million years would have even dawned on me would have happened i think in a million years it would have i think you're exaggerating I mean, I, <laughs> first you're never going to live that long if i sat on the shore <laughs> pondering the possibilities long enough you're right i probably I probably would i think within one year you'd have that possibility pondered so you've exaggerated. You're leading our audience <laughs> astray. A million years, that's a wee bit I mean, of an exaggeration. I mean, I mean, I had thought of a spaceship landing. I was going to say, the spaceship uh, scenario is... I had thought of a zombie. One. Zombies attacking. <laughs> zombie apocalypse you know? in your world. All of the houses where zombies came into yes. the lake. I thought of that one. Well, I remember a certain what James Mott who would... somebody released an alligator, their pet alligator? Well, like there that, you that go. One. I, Python. I, I had thought of Python. plans for that. An army of six-foot alligator gar have somehow swum up through like the Mississippi into our local lake. They've organized themselves into a highly trained, a keen, mean killing machine. They are out to get blood against us. Yeah. Like I had a whole protocol That came set. into my mind. <laughs> but this one had... I didn't this, one was this one was so far like... off. <laughs> I envisioned an alien species grabbing icebergs, say from the North Pole, and dropping them down on top of us in that lake. But I never envisioned a sheet of ice being blown over our swimming area, our diving area. I envisioned. <laughs> I would have thought, James, first, the first thing that was going through your mind was zombies. <laughs> that was the, f- like, what could go wrong? 
James, you know, when we're we're having our our think tank, let's uh, let's figure out how to approach this dive. What could go wrong on this dive? James would pipe in there, zombies. Okay, good one. What will we do? <laughs> guns. We what are you going to do with guns? <laughs> you, You're going to well, run out of bullets. You got to hack their heads off, yes. don't you? Yeah. You always, okay. That's why I dive with machete. a machete. Yes, you always. My diving machete. <laughs> that's my dive machete <laughs> over there. It's made out of uh, titanium. It's not rust. Dive Rescue teaches us. I would carry a machete before I carry a snorkel. I'll just put that out there. <laughs> <laughs> Or an Air McDoodle. <laughs> or a split fin. Zinger. That was a zinger. <laughs> Dive Rescue teaches us to find a reason for accidents. That day, three of the seven divers did not have compasses. Bam. Now, would you use a, Would you dive with a compass before a snorkel? Oh, well. Of course. Of course, I dive with a compass. It, to me, it's mandatory gear right now. Pretty much day. always. As a matter of fact, I've got one with me right now. That's how I got here. <laughs> I mean, if you're in open water, you could very well likely need to reference direction. Yeah, it's it's kind of that thing. I don't know. I don't know how to put it. It's mandatory gear. Yeah, isn't it? That's how I, I view it. That's how I taught open waters. Mandatory gear. Got a compass. Know which way you're going in. Which way you got to go to come out. At the very least of your. Yes, and I could see. A brand new diver, relative. I could see a relatively new diver going to Cozumel, not having a compass. True, but I think any seasoned diver is probably going to have one just for that knowledge and reference. Even if it is drifting on a on a wall where you can tell the direction based off of natural. I mean, I yeah. I, I still probably have it on. Oh yeah, it's, it's in my gear anyways. It's not costing me anything to right. Put it on my wrist. So, yeah. So, three now, of now these metal, divers did not have compass. Kumpai. I think it's the plural. And this isn't is, Kumpai. <laughs> and this includes, this includes deputy sheriff divers. They didn't have compass? Kumpai? Yeah, not wearing, not involved in the well, Kumpai. I don't want to insult not any of our deputy sheriff. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a plate of Kumpai, please? So, well, they probably don't think well, much of not having a compass when they're jumping off the back of a boat to crawl through the mud and they're by themselves they might tether themselves sure so there's a point where you you probably don't need a compass i get it Mm -hmm. you're uh doing a cave dive where you're not surveying anything you're just following a a a gold line line and back out okay okay sure you don't need a compass it's good to have though yeah i'm I'm with you like you never know when you want to just reference where you're at direction you're facing or traveling now, you're out in open water where you know that you need to get to a certain way, right? We need to run a 65 mm-hmm. out to the hole. Yeah. We leave the hole. We're running a, a 30, zero to 30. 30 mm-hmm. And then we got to cut a 90 to get back to where the cars are. It's part of the to, plan. It's part of the plan. So yeah. just jumping in the water before the dive even starts with the assumption of, I'm going to let you do all the navigating because I'm not even going to bother, mm-hmm. bother with a compass. Also noting ahead of time that we've got this unstable overhead potential mm-hmm. yeah so i guess it and it's easy to sit here and say hey um they should have had a recall plan in place yeah. hey they should have been prepared to cut three holes you know a uh, hundred feet you know down from each one right. ahead of time you know that would have right but, hindsight but that, bias. That's, yeah, yeah that's hindsight bias that you isn't fair to put in but i don't think Hammond. why would you get in the water without a compass is a and a dive like that 
No, that's it, a fair criticism. That's a fair criticism. Yeah. Most I mean, definitely. That, definitely, I I would think in my mind that landed, uh, you know, a, a, a bit of hassle to the whole thing. Well, yeah, because he, he probably he didn't know where a, it was going. Ingredient into, yeah, into didn't the whole know thing. where he yeah. was going and swam right underneath that legend place and got trapped and then didn't know how to get out yeah. because he didn't he, he didn't have really anything isolate to, to a real direction yeah, yeah yeah i was gonna say that i that played an important ingredient i i kind of like to take these two <laughs> played an important role and was an ingredient to the recipe of a disaster and just meld them together so tim was one of the guys who did not have a compass it is speculation that when he became separated from his buddies tim tried to surface only to find ice the compass would have helped him find a safe way out sure would have yeah there you is that go. all they concluded yeah so that's what they concluded that's what they concluded i think there's probably a little more they to concluded it, that um i learned about diving from that lost under the ice for a lack of a compass yeah definitely a, a must have on an ice dive of that nature i mean of a dive of that nature where you have the possibility of ending up under ice you don't you don't want to be there and not know how to get home. Well, I mean, it, it's a it's a classic rule of diving. If you have to come back to the same place, Run a right? Line. You have to have a definite, guaranteed, continuous way back, mm-hmm. and that's generally you're going to run a line. Mm-hmm. Now, this wasn't a going in and you have to come back to the same spot but you had a definite place that you had to get to right the only way you're going to get there is to navigate to it you need to take that tool with you agreed agreed i mean it's even that way when we approach an open water dive on a deep wreck where it's so deep like in current if you were to come up off the line and you're in a shipping channel and you're having to pull deco or whatever that's basically I must come up on the line kind of well, dive, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you go anywhere, you're going to have a line with you. Even a recreational, right? Controlled ascent with doing safety stops. If there's out a current, if you're if you're in a shipping channel where you're mm-hmm. you're just drifting a boot with freighters, just drifting a boot, with drifting a boot there. <laughs> yeah, that could be that could be a bad situation, right? Yeah, so you have to make sure that you know. You have to make sure that you have the tools to get you back. How do you feel when you get lost on a wreck? Don't know where you're at. You're running low on gas. You're deep. You're, you go, I got to go up, right? So you start start to go up. You blow a bag so your boat can see you, your charter boat can see you, your dive masters, whatever, up on the surface. And you're drifting along, doing your normal ascent, stopping whatever stops you need, right? And you get whacked. You get whacked by a freighter because I guarantee that little orange, six foot tall marker bag is not going to stop them. They're not going to turn to get around it, and you may not be able to swim fast enough to get away from it, or the current can carry you, or whatever. Anyway, how would you feel? Like, whoa, we made it out of one, you know, out of the yeah, frying yeah. pan and then <laughs> into get, the fryer, into the, yeah. into the into the fryer. I'm in the frying pan, and you just flipped me into the fryer, like French fry. Like, I was going to say into the fire, but but fryers. I'm out of the frying pan into the boiling water. I'm out of the frying pan into the garbage disposal. I'm out of the frying pan. <laughs> we could go on. No, no, way. keep going. What else? Could... Anyway, so <clears throat> I'm just saying. Definitely, you're definitely thinking, things... Oh, who made it? Whack! Yeah, it's like a comedy movie. Well, you, you. Well, it's all the there's there's more to it than just I'm going to do a wreck dive. Right. I guess what I'm getting at is 
have a plan in place, know what your hazards are, and don't think just because you avoided one mishap, you've made it. You still got, you know, you still got to avoid the rest of it. Yeah, you yeah. got to know what your hazards are. And in this case, so you did not know your hazard or you did know it and you t- chose to ignore bringing the proper equipment to get yourself home. Or you're just trusting somebody else to get you home. And then you don't Trust have the awareness. No you don't have the awareness to keep a buddy team together. That's it's, Yeah. Now that is pretty common in, in, I think, when people dive alone, right? So they're not used to keeping a buddy team together. And when they do have a buddy team, they treat it as if they're alone. So there's no communication, no passive communication for sure. And maybe very little act of communication. And, well, correct, correct. Yeah. And this is one of those things that we, we started the show by talking about lessons learned, but were they lessons learned? True. And you still have so many people that get in a dive at the training site, right, that oh, my buddy should be up <laughs> yeah. any minute. And, yeah, exactly. You know, buddy comes up on this side and the other buddy mm-hmm. comes up on this side. Cause How was your dive, boys? Yeah, because they're not <laughs> really well-practiced in diving in a three, right? Yeah, or even a two, but... Now, they would be a bunch of buddies that all get together in the group of seven that say, hey, we're going to go do the dive at the dam. Oh, at yeah. The dam, dam. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, God, I get it. Dam, dam. Right? And yeah. if you're having trouble keeping a team together just out in steady, open, easy, open water where there are no worries above you, mm-hmm. boats or ice or anything, and then you go to this. Forget it. Forget it. It's not going to get better in this I was going to say, you're not all of a sudden going to become really good team of staying together you know beginning the dive together staying on the dive together and coming up together at the end which is that's ideal that's what you're looking for that's what a team does a team doesn't begin the dive at different times be separate underwater and come up at different places that's not a team correct and that that's the critical self-evaluation and team evaluation that you guys should mm-hmm. be having after your dives when you're just out doing just fun recreational dives, they, they should all have a lessons to be learned briefing that, that you and your buddies talk mm-hmm. about to make you guys better so that when you do get to the level of wanting to step up the game a little bit out there in the in the real diving, you're working towards something. You've been able to critique yourselves in a way that you're getting better, not being stagnant and then getting worse in an environment like this that lets a pretty seasoned, pretty, sounds like pretty active and knowledgeable diver, but by not having the right tools, not having the right awareness. Bad choice. Ends up being Mm -hmm. a fatality. Right. Bad choice. I guess it also goes to show it just takes one, just leaving out that one tiny thing can be the impetus or can be the beginning of that snowball, you know, that accident snowball or that fatality snowball, whatever you want to call it. I'm just going to take a quick look over here and I swim away from my two buddies. Yeah. Visibility is bad because Mark put his fin print uh, in the bottom of the mud, right? Or there's and, misunderstanding, and, now, uh, and yeah. I'm going to go look over here. Right, they and then now I don't have a, mm-hmm. a way, you know, and that snowballs and snowballs, it mm-hmm. gets worse, and then you're swimming aimlessly looking for the buddies, looking for the way home. You and you might where. be looking for your buddies, and you're both looking yeah. in different places. Yeah, it, It's so easy. I mean, yeah, um, one obviously, thing, One thing leads to the next, to the next, to the next, and, and now it ends mm-hmm. in one of my buddies is dead. Right. Under the ice, we found him weeks later. Exactly. Or, yeah, weeks later. Nearly well, this weeks is, later. yeah, this is the, uh, the kind of thing where experience starts to pay off for you. Although these guys did sound like they had 
some experience. They didn't learn from some of their experience of being separated, obviously, of not being able to stay together as a team. Well, a lot of people just you have take to learn that, that as yeah. A lot of people take that as just hey, diving. That's sometimes, normal diving. Sometimes yes. you don't come up right with your buddy, and that was something uh, back in. These I was days, guilty. It was very normal. Yeah, back I was in guilty of it back in the in that early day. Well, yeah, because that's just what you're taught. Of, but if everybody got out of the water at the same lake, we're good. <laughs> you know, nice dive. <laughs> <laughs> but that just doesn't cut it nowadays for me. Not for me. Yeah, not for us for sure. And I. Don't even. I don't like to pass that on to the students. As a matter of right, fact, yeah. I like to pass on to them that coming up together is a it's a requirement, not a uh, an optional. Yeah, you know? it's it's not it's a luxury. part of the dive. It's not right? a luxury when that when everybody comes up together. Right, that is the requirement. That is it's standard protocol. SOP. So yeah, I'm with you. And again, easier said than done. And it comes from training, and it comes from being taught how to stay together. And if you're not taught how to stay together, it's hard to teach yourself. I mean, you you can go out there reaching in the blind, uh, whatever, plethora of diving technique, or you can learn from people who know how to stay together, you know. Yeah, and it's, it and it's easy to be, it needs once to be, you know. It needs to be practiced, though. Yeah, like everything. Good stuff. All right, everybody. Hey, sign my logbook. Um, that dare was a good dive dare, eh? Now, I'm not going to tell you to take off, Hoser, because no, that's, that's I know I'm, I'm not no, Canadian. I'm still writing. I'm not Canadian. I'm a North Dakota dare, eh? Now, how about that? Thanks for the dive. Safe dive dare, Jamesy. Okay, give me yours. Give me yours. <laughs> that there was... Oops. Oops, sorry. Sorry, this is the sorry. wrong... This is the next dive. Uh, uh, I wrote on the wrong one. Let me... Uh, I really apologize about that there. Sorry. Uh, let me go over here and uh, do the right one now. Good dive. That dare was that a good dive. was a really good... Bit cold. <laughs> bit cold for me, but good dive. Have a little shot of old Bushmans. All right, boys and ladies. Thanks, everybody. And all points in between. Safe diving. I've gone to Toga Nights, but I was more of like a guest of the frat boys. I drank all their Michelob keg. Ooh. That's a, that was the top shelf back in the day. Oh, I know. We, that's all we drank Michelob. was Michelob, yeah. We did not drink shit beer. I didn't realize you were such a gentleman. I was. I have been always. My first beer was a Michelob. <laughs>